Minimalism is the movement that encourages you to live with less. Less stuff, less possessions, less clutter, and find more joy and more time to focus on what matters. So what is minimalish? It's the grace-filled way of doing the same thing. Sustainable, realistic minimalism that actually makes sense for your life. The Minimalish Podcast is here to help you make life lighter realistically. I'm your host, Desiree, and my passion is to help you create room for what matters to you by cutting the clutter and excess stuff in your home and your life. It's not just about decluttering and having a tidy home, but about how having less stuff will give you more time and more space to focus on creating the life you actually want to live. We'll talk about topics of minimalism, motherhood, simple, intentional living, and everything in between here on the show each week. Let's walk towards simple together. Hi, friend. Welcome back to Minimalish. If it's your first time here, I'm so glad you found your way to this podcast, and I'm so happy to have you here. This is the space where I chat with you each week about finding room for what matters in our lives through realistic minimalism. And in today's show, I'm bringing on a guest as I often do. Today's guest is Jordan Dooley. And Jordan has a lot of great things to say about how we live intentionally and how we can own our everyday. She actually just released a book called Own Your Everyday. And when I read it, I knew I had to have her on the show to chat with you all. But before we get to that, I wanted to quickly share with you a word from a listener. You all say the most lovely, encouraging things to me about the show. You're honestly too kind to me, and it encourages me so much to keep going. So I just want to give your voice some space here on Minimalish as a way of saying thank you so much for taking the time to do that. So today's word is a review from Katrin Strickland. And Katrin, I really hope I'm saying your name right, and I am so sorry if I'm not. Katrin says that the podcast is perfect for newbie minimalists. And she says, I just love Desiree's approach to minimalism. It's attainable and shared in such an inspiring way with easy to implement tips and grace for imperfection. She shares the why behind making the change, both to habits and mindset, in a unique and relatable way, as do her lovely guests. A must listen for anyone who wants to find their personal minimalish lifestyle. Katrin, I cannot thank you enough for those kind words. You are wonderful, and I am just so thankful that's what you're getting from the show because that's exactly what I'm here behind the microphone hoping to chat with you about is just that perfectionism is not the goal here. Minimalism is not the end goal. A perfect, minimal, tidy home, that's not what we're looking for. I mean, that is kind of part of the process is to simplify our homes and to make a space that's peaceful and enjoyable, but... The reason is not so that we can like seek some kind of perfectionism in our homes and in our lives. The reason is so that we can have more intentional lives and have space to live well and live the lives that we really want to be living. If you're loving the podcast and you've taken the time to give it a rating or a review or both, thank you so much for that. Your reviews help so much in getting the message of minimalish out there. It isn't just about me getting behind this microphone and chatting with you all. It's also about you about the community we're building together. It's about you sharing the show and helping spread this message as well. It's about how you respond with your own posts, sharing what you're learning and reflecting on from the show. I'm so thankful every time you do any of that, so thank you. And with that said, keep sharing. If you're loving it, screenshot yourself listening and share it on Insta stories. Post about what you're learning about the topics and tag me. Thank you so much for sharing in any way. 
All right, friends, let's get to today's episode. So as I said, I've got Jordan Dooley on the show. And if you don't know her, let me tell you a little bit about her. Jordan is the author of the national bestseller, Own Your Everyday, which has also been named a best book to read to be a better person in 2019 by Inc. Magazine. She hosts the top-rated She podcast, and her mission is to equip women with the tools they need to live purposefully and show up for what they're made to do when it comes to their passions, their dreams, and their everyday life. Jordan often goes by Jay. She describes herself as multi-passionate authorpreneur. She's a three on the Enneagram. She's happily married to her college sweetheart, Matt. The two of them are now business partners and they work side by side from their farmhouse in the Indiana countryside and they raised chickens in their free time. So that's who Jordan is. Jordan and I talk about imposter syndrome. If you don't know what that is, you will. We'll talk about how caring for our home environments around us is a huge part of owning our everyday and we're also going to be chatting about perfectionism and how we can combat seeking perfectionism in all the things so i know you're gonna love this conversation let's get to it okay so today i have jordan dooley on the podcast and i'm so excited to chat with you jordan so before we really dive in we're going to talk all about your book today um, which i think that our listeners are going to be just so encouraged by your message. But before we dive in, in case anyone listening doesn't know who you are and what you do, can you just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on. It's so fun to be here. And I am, I often describe myself as a multi-passionate authorpreneur, which is so funny. I just found that term not too long ago. And I was like, yes, that is me. (laughs) I write books, but I also feel like just saying I'm an author doesn't quite describe it because I've really have such an entrepreneurial spirit and such a heart for giving women tools to really, um, I guess, really own what they're made to do, both in their everyday life and like the unglamorous things from owning and showing up for their families and for their faith and for their homes, but also when it comes to their dreams and passions and giftings. And so learning kind of how to blend all of that into one specific title is a little bit hard, but that's really what's come through in my new book, Own Your Everyday, is really saying like, how do we take ownership of our lives? And what does that look like before these cool, big, flashy, extraordinary things happen? And how do we also be okay and willing to dream about those things too without feeling guilty? It's kind of that weird dynamic to find contentment where we are, but also, you know, not be complacent where we are. And so really love helping, you know, helping women with that. I host a podcast. Now we have a book out, which has been so much fun and so many other things that we're building for the summer. But I, I absolutely love women and I love empowering women to really show up where they are. I really love your message. I feel like it can, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. I feel like it can relate to kind of every season, but I would love to know what led you to actually writing a book. Yeah, you know, it was such a nonlinear path. And I always want to talk about that because I think it can be so easy to look at what someone's done and be like, okay, what's the clear trajectory? And to be honest, there probably is a much clearer trajectory in a, which, in a way that could it, it could be done. But for me, I actually started everything that I have done with my brands and with everything that I've created online with a little Etsy store. And I wrote about this in chapter four of my book because I really wanted women to see, you know, I just started trying things that interested me even while I was, I was actually still finishing school when I started that. And I was studying a completely unrelated topic. I was studying healthcare administration, which is basically business with a healthcare focus. And I thought I was going to manage a hospital or work in insurance. And so to now fast forward several years and suddenly be like, no, I'm actually launching books and running, you know, an online business. It's like, wait, what? (laughs) So, you know, all that started though with 
me feeling like, you know, I'm not super excited or passionate about, you know, working in the healthcare field, at least for me personally. So I'm going to try some things that feel interesting to me that are creative, that excite me, never really intended on it leading to a full career in that, you know, general, like leading to a full career path. But I wanted to do something alongside in my current responsibilities that kind of lit me up, you know, that excited me, that allowed me to have some creativity in my days. And so that's really how it started. And then I also had some friends helping me and they would sit on the floor with me and we'd package these little items as my order, you know, volume grew. And when we'd sit there, we'd have these conversations and we'd share advice and we'd talk about our dreams and we'd open up about our insecurities and you know, somebody would go through a breakup and we would, you know, be, be there for each other through that. And so it was interesting being kind of in that space of sisterhood of women empowering me with this crazy little dream that I didn't even really know how to define. I was just trying stuff. And so what I started doing online as social media started to become more of a thing where you could market a business. Um, I wasn't even really trying to market. I was just kind of sharing content. I was sharing advice. I was sharing tools. I was, you know, basically passing on the stories that we were talking about and the things we were learning and sharing. And, you know, it was really, really cool for me to turn, you know, a very personal experience, just sitting there on the floor with a few friends into something, you know, pieces of advice and lessons I could pass on to other women using the internet. I was like, what in the world? And it was so neat to see how those stories and those pieces of advice really resonated, not only with the girls in the third floor storage closet, but also, you know, with women across the world, things would get shared. And suddenly my online community was growing. And I realized, man, these women are following me and, you know, part of this space not just for the, you know, canvases in my Etsy store, but also because they really resonate with the content. And so I really began to focus on that more and I would open up about my faith and my relationships and the work that I was doing and the career path I was unfolding. And I started a photography business eventually and closed the Etsy store for a while. And there was just all these little entrepreneurial ventures along the way. But the consistency among it all was creating messages that connected with people, you know, and, and just encouraging people in that way. And so that allowed any entrepreneurial venture I've done over the last several years to really grow. And my online community has grown and my, you know, writing ability has grown and my content creation skill has really grown. And so that eventually led to the opportunity to write a book and be published, which is absolutely insane to me. But, you know, just it started small and I just kind of paid attention along the way to what was resonating and focused on that. Yeah, that's, that's such a cool story. And I am just grateful for you sharing that because I talk about creative living a lot and I like to encourage, especially a lot of women who are listening in are moms. And I love to encourage women to just do creative things. And it doesn't have to be like for a business or anything, but just to to do things that make them feel like they're using their gifts and to find time to do that. And I just love to see like, what you've, what, what it's become for you. And the fact that mm. you just never know like who needs your message or who needs your, you know, hand lettering that you were putting out on Etsy or whatever it mm-hmm. is. You just never know who's going to be encouraged by that. So, um, I love that story. So I would love to hear about your book title, own your everyday. What does that mean? Like from your perspective, Yeah. So I wanted to create a title that really embodied the heart of the book. And what I feel like the content of the book is, it's almost like a warm hug and a kick in the pants at the same time. It's like, how can we 
really challenge women to take ownership of their lives, but not in a way that creates the pressure to be everything to everyone. Because I think there's a lot of that that exists. Like there's a lot of messaging in culture that's like, go after your dream, do the thing, achieve everything, run over everyone else to get there. And it's like, to some degree, there's goodness in that because we need to remember to own those dreams that we have. But I started to kind of look at that and I'm like, what about all the people who don't know what their dream is? (laughs) What about all of us who are like, I have so many ideas, I don't even know which one to act on. So that sounds great in theory, but I don't actually know how to apply that to my life in a way that's practical and also in a way that doesn't abandon the current, you know, privileges and responsibilities and priorities that I have in my day to day. And also, you know, am I less than if I'm content, you know, with a simple life? Like, do I need to achieve all the big things? And so I started to pay attention to where, in so many ways that messaging to find our purpose, go after our dreams can be encouraging, but where are the gaps in it? And how do we feel that pressure that can kind of come as a result of hearing that all the time? And so I wanted to create a book that really felt like, okay, hey, you are allowed to have these big ideas and these big dreams, but you're also allowed to not know exactly what those are going to be and show up where you are anyway and find contentment in that. So I really wanted to create a tool that felt like approachable, you know, and something that didn't create pressure to figure out your life in the next 30 seconds. Um, but that also challenged you to take ownership of your life where you are. And so using a word like own in the title really, I feel like captured that, but then pairing it with a word like every day and spelling every day as one word, you know, every day is actually synonymous with the word ordinary. So in so many ways, we still talk about going after your dreams and discovering what you love and doing those things throughout the book. But the the foundation of it before you can even do those extraordinary things that we often see as flashy or big or, you know, impressive is really finding the ways that you can impact in the everyday or in the ordinary, which that part is very much like the approachable, no pressure, you know, side of it. And so I think bringing those things together was so powerful because at least for me as a woman in modern culture, I feel like I either get the message to like be the ultimate girl boss and achieve all the things and make all the money and be all the, you know, as impressive as I can possibly be. Or I get the message of like, just be content where you are. And as an achiever, I don't love the just be content where you are message because I want to do things. But then at the same time, if I'm feeling the pressure to do everything, I kind of burn out and I don't actually, you know, show up for the things that really matter, even if they don't look impressive or nobody sees them. And so I wanted to kind of blend those two messages. We often live in one or the other and give a title that was like, hey, look, this is going to help you take ownership and get out of your comfort zone but it's also not going to let you be complacent and get too comfortable in your comfort zone. So it's, it was a little bit of a, a strategic move there and a little dynamic to bring both those messages together. Yeah, that's so important. And it's so important in, like you said, in the context of our culture, I, right now, I, I, I mean, I podcast, but my main role is a stay at home mom. And a lot mm-hmm. of times it can feel like, you know, if I'm loving this, like if I'm really loving being a stay at home mom, and a, a lot of listeners probably either feel the same or, or they have a job that they go to each day and they're just loving being like a working mom. And if I'm loving that, like, is it wrong? Because it's right. not this like big, flashy, showy dream, like you mm. said. And so that's why I was so truly encouraged by, by your book. And mm. I really want to dig into a few topics that you talk about. One of them is imposter syndrome, because mm-hmm. once I kind of knew the word that went to that feeling, it really changed everything for me. Um, and I think your book was one of the first places I saw that word. So can you tell our listeners, what is it? What is imposter syndrome if they've never heard that before? And how do we kind of get over it? If we do, do we get over it? And kind mm-hmm. of like maybe steps we can take to leave it behind a little bit. 
Yeah. So uh, the best way I can describe imposter syndrome is when you feel like a fraud, when, when, when you're a little bit inexperienced or stepping into a new season like motherhood or like marriage or possibly even in your career, whether it's up-leveling in your company or, you know, getting a new role or stepping into a new company or a new, you know, business or whatever you're doing um, and feeling like, man, if people, you know, if people knew that I really don't know what I'm doing, would they, would they question my ability? Would, you know, it's kind of like that feeling of like, do you ever feel like you're not really who people think you are? Like they think you actually know what you're doing, but in all honesty, you feel like such a fraud. That's kind of what imposter syndrome is. And I think that feeling of I'm inadequate, I'm unqualified, I really shouldn't be doing this. I feel like I'm faking it till I make it. That's imposter syndrome. And so how do we tackle that so that I think that can really get us stuck and really get us doubting ourselves, doubting, you know, where we've been placed and why we're placed there and what we're supposed to be doing. And so, you know, I have felt that in so many ways. When I started my little small business in college, I shared this in the book, you know, it's like I was running a customer, I was doing customer service in biology class. I'm like, man, if these women really knew that this is not like a fancy, you know, 10 person team production, they probably want to return all their stuff, right? And so those lies that come up when we don't feel like we're doing it, as you know, produced or put together as maybe somebody else, we begin to doubt ourselves. So, you know, that has been a recurring theme in my life and in my business from the very beginning. And I have a lot of women who reach out to me saying like, Hey, I want to start, you know, X, Y, or Z, or, Hey, I just got married and I feel like I have to be this awesome wife. And then my in-laws come over and I'm so afraid they're going to see anything messy, you know, whatever the fear, the fear of feeling like an imposter is. And, um, so I talked about in the book, just like some practical ways to um, kind of tackle that and some different mindset shifts and perspectives that I think can really help with that, which are maybe a little unconventional, but that have really helped me. So I would love to know, like, do you still feel that? Like as you're launching a book, do you still, do you still get that feeling of imposter syndrome? And, and if and when you do, how, like, what's one thing maybe that you do to kind of get over that? Oh my gosh. Yes. So (laughs) I mean, I feel like an imposter because I've never written a book and I'm like, well, why would people buy from me? You know, I've never done this before, at least not to this scale. And so it's really easy to feel like that. Um, but a couple things that have helped me throughout this journey, it doesn't necessarily make it completely go away, but two things I'll share one, and there's more in the book. So you're gonna have to go get the book to learn the rest. But, um, first one is be coachable. So throughout this journey, throughout the launch, even now, as I'm like, okay, now how do we keep momentum and how do I continue to reach new readers and how, what does this look like? And how do we build our company in such a way that it supports the book rather than distracts from it? All those things. There's so much more that goes into writing a book than just writing words on a page and putting a cover on it. And so I don't know those things. I've never done this. So you know, changing my mindset from I have to fake it till I make it to, you know, actually, I have no idea. And I'm just going to be honest about that and ask for help. It's been really helpful for me to go to people who have launched books before I've been able to connect with other authors and people who, you know, maybe have two books out or have done this once before or have, you know, coached others who have gone through it and are really familiar with the process. I call them pretty consistently. and I'm like, what do you do when this happens? Is this good? Is this bad? How do I, you know, do this? doing that and just saying, actually, I don't know. Can you help me? Takes a lot of that pressure off to be like, I have to prove I'm an awesome author and I know what I'm doing because I totally don't know what I'm doing and I'm just rolling with it, you know? Um, 
and learning as I go. And that's actually, I think, where we get our expertise when we're, when we're willing to learn. And so that kind of leads to my second point, which really piggybacks off of that, which is to be honest about the fact that you're new, that you're new to this, that you're, you know, that you don't know. I think whatever it is that we're doing, we really do feel that pressure to fake it till we make it. I think there's a lot of guilt, a lot of perceived judgment. You know, I'm sure you've experienced this in, you know, motherhood feeling like I have to figure out how to be at least look like a good mom. Right. And when you're like, but I really just have no idea. Um, you know, I felt that as with being an author, I felt that with being a, a wife, you know, and, um, the new seasons, being a homeowner, like all these things, you know, whenever we have people who have been homeowners for 20 years come over, whether it's our marriage counselors or our parents, I'm always like, oh my gosh, are they going to notice all the weeds in the yard, right? Like I truly am not a very good homeowner, but I'm trying to keep it clean and make sure I act like I know what I'm doing. Um, so, you know, for me, finally just getting to the point where I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to be honest about the fact that this is my first book and I'm not doing this on my own. Like I'm not here to be a one woman show. And I've tried to actually very much put that out there so that A, I think that connects me with humans. Like they remember I'm not like some big accomplished fancy person. We're all just humans trying to figure it out and how much their support really matters. Like, hey, you buying the book or you sharing it with a friend or every time you send me a message and tell me it encouraged, it encouraged you or helped you or changed your life, like that helps with that. But I have to be willing to first take my mask off and say, hey guys, like I'm new to this and we're doing this as a community. I'm not trying to be a one woman show. It's amazing to me, A, how much that's helped not only me take the pressure off myself and me just show up and do it regardless of how perfect it's done, but it's also created a really awesome connection with my audience and they feel like they're a part of something. So I think no matter what our audience or our community thinks, the willingness to just be honest about that as well as be coachable are two huge things because I think imposter syndrome really comes from feeling like you need to fake it till you make it. But when you stop trying to fake it till you make it and just admit you don't have anything figured out, it really kind of goes away and the pressure's off. Yeah. I feel like imposter syndrome can like be this, it can be this monster that like can, can make us want to, I don't know, isolate ourselves almost because mm-hmm. we're so afraid of being figured out. I know I can relate to that in, in new motherhood and, and just like, I mean, being, I have a toddler, so I'm still pretty much a new mom, but mm-hmm. I, I can get into that mode where I'm like, I don't even want to be around people that are more experienced than me sometimes. If I'm feeling, if I'm really feeling that imposter syndrome, if I'm really feeling self-conscious about something in my motherhood, but I love that that you flip it around and say, just like, you know, let that go be coachable because I feel like what can truly get us out of that, that mindset is to reach out to someone and ask them for help. And it's just amazing how much it can not only like hold us back, but also really keep us isolated in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways. Absolutely. If you like the thought of simplifying your meal planning, listen in. So Green Chef is the sponsor of today's show. They are a USDA certified organic company that makes eating well, easy, and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle, including paleo, plant-powered, both vegan and vegetarian, pescatarian, keto, gluten-free, and omnivore. Recipes are quick and easy with step-by-step instructions, chef tips, and photos to guide you along. With Green Chef, it's easy to eat well and discover new recipes every week that you'll love to cook. 
Let Green Chef do all the meal planning, the grocery shopping, and most of the prep for you week after week. I love how easy it has made cooking gourmet, wholesome meals. And my favorite recipe I've cooked from the omnivore meal plan that we've tried has been the chicken with basil pesto. I never knew that chicken breast could taste so good. For a total of $75 off, that's $25 off each of your first three boxes, go to greenchef.us slash minimalish75. Again, for a total of $75 off, that's $25 off each of your first three boxes, go to greenchef.us slash minimalish75. All right, friends, let's get back to the show. And you talked about home ownership a little bit, so I'm going to just slip in a question about minimalism. The podcast, the way we, we talk about minimalism, I use the word minimalism because that's what everyone knows, but I call it minimalish for a reason because I am not perfect in any area of that. But I want to know, I do think like with minimalism, we, we count the, the environments around us as kind of the first step in the direction of intentional living in a lot of ways because stuff can having too much stuff can really cloud up our thinking cloud up our minds so like how do you think our environments and the homes we live in and the way that we take care of them play a role in the way we own our everyday oh my gosh it's like everything (laughs) (laughs) such a big part of it I um you know for me I at least have experienced that when I feel cluttered, I get so stressed out. And I'm sure that's pretty much everyone's situation. Unless there's some people who are like, I can thrive with clutter. But for me, I feel like when things are, you know, when I have too much and like, it takes up a lot of mind space. And um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the two minute rule. Have you ever heard of that? I don't think so. Okay. My mother-in-law shared it with me and I thought it was genius. It's basically this idea Um, I forgot who developed it. It was written about in a book, but um, it's basically this idea that if something takes you less than two minutes, like a two minute task, like to put that random piece of mail upstairs in the file cabinet or whatever, um, do it immediately. Otherwise what starts to happen in our lives, especially when it comes to our time as well as, as well as our things, things pile up. And so then suddenly we have this pile of two minute tasks that had we just done them in the moment, it would have taken us probably 12 seconds. But now it's going to take us 30 minutes to get through and we just keep like piling onto it and avoiding it. And that's why we have stacks of mail or just like random piles of crap in our houses and in our lives <laughs> or tasks mm. that we've just been putting off, you know, that really would have taken us just a couple minutes. RSVP to that wedding, call so-and-so back, you know, and you don't want to do it randomly. But one lesson that's really helped me when it comes to being, you know, minimal-ish, like I am not the person who can have three pairs of underwear. Like it's just not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, But the simplification of life has really helped me own my everyday and also like in business and everything um, by really taking those principles, even something like the two minute rule and applying it to my to do's and thinking through, okay, if it's going to actually distract me from what I'm trying to knock out in this next hour, then I need to look at my two minute tasks for the day and make sure I accomplish them by the end of the day. So that way today's two minute tasks or quick little piles that I could simply just put away don't start leaking into tomorrow. And to be honest, the only way that's really going to be effective and manageable is the less two minute tasks and the less stuff you have to manage. So that's tough. I mean, I, I've gotten rid of so much this year and really simplified our focus because I'm like, I have way too, all my whole day is full of two minute tasks if I have too much. Right. So it's like, how do I begin to have enough without having too much so that I can actually manage those things and truly accomplish them by the end of the day. So asking myself that question has been huge and really helps me be more intentional in my everyday life, be more intentional 
intentional in the goals that I'm chasing, both for my, you know, my micro goals that are just for, from a daily perspective and those macro goals, like launching a book. If I had not decluttered my life and simplified and really tried to focus on time management, because I think we forget that minimalism also applies to how we use our time, not just our, you know, physical stuff. I probably wouldn't have launched the book as well as we did. I probably wouldn't have been nearly as prepared for book tour. I wouldn't have had nearly the amount of creative ideas that I had for ongoing marketing. And so that has been huge for both the small things and the big things that I'm trying to tackle in my, in my life. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I had, I definitely haven't heard of that two minute rule, but I'm going to start thinking about that more. I know for me, I used to think I could thrive in clutter. <laughs> I've always been someone who's like, I just can't figure out how to manage all this stuff around me. I, I thrive just fine, but it's so obvious now that I no longer live in that, that um, I wasn't thriving. And, and now, mm-hmm. you know, I can, be more creative and accomplish things because I have not only like dialed back my stuff, but also um, my time. And that's so true. I think that the stuff part of minimalism is, is just the beginning really. Um, And then you can dig into really prioritizing and your schedule and all of that. And you talk about prioritizing a little bit in your book and you especially talk about it when you're talking about perfectionism. So I feel like, I don't know if it's women or just everyone, but I know that I struggle with perfectionism and a lot of people that I interact with on a daily basis struggle with perfectionism. And Mm -hmm. um, in, in the world of minimalism, it's like, you can get into perfectionism really easily because then it's like, okay, I've decluttered. So now my house should look perfect all the time. And that's just, right. Oh my that's, gosh, yeah. <laughs> that's not what life is about. It's such like mm-hmm. a toxic thing that holds us back. So um, I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit. How, how does it come into play in your life? Um, and how do you use priorities to overcome perfectionism? Yeah. So one thing that I have found is usually when I struggle with perfectionism most is when I'm, really caught up in trying to prove and I have way too many things to do (laughs) because I almost feel like I can't really do anything well. So then I overthink everything that I'm doing and then I get kind of paralyzed. I'm like, it's not good enough because it probably isn't to be honest. I'm kind of like half doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So one thing that's been really helpful for me is like, okay, I have to stop being the girl who's trying to be everything to everyone because I think that's sometimes the root of perfectionism. It's not only that we want something to look flawless or look awesome or, you know, never be imperfect again, but I think it's also this like, I actually looked up some, like some psychological definitions of perfectionism because I was really curious, like what's really going on here? It's not just a dis- like a determination to do something with excellence. It's like beyond that, you know, perfectionism really leads to like paralysis. And so, um, or just complete overthinking. And so I looked it up and it basically explained, and I wrote about this in the book, that perfectionism is not merely a way to avoid failure or like a striving to avoid failure. It's, or it's not striving for excellence. It's actually trying, it's a means to avoid failure and it's actually a means of earning love. Like your mind no longer looks at love as something that you just freely receive. It looks at some, it looks at love like something you earn by your performance. So we begin to distort our lovability and our worth when it comes to, when we start living in perfectionism, we start feeling like, 
well, unless I don't, unless I don't, unless I perform perfectly or unless my house is flawless, like my friends aren't going to want to come over and therefore I won't be lovable, right? Or my business won't take off. So therefore I won't be successful. And so we begin to measure our worth by our performance and therefore how loved we are just, or how, how much love we're deserving of. And so it really warps our ability to really be in relationship. And I actually described it like perfectionism says, look at me, I've got it all together, even though we totally don't. But purpose says, hey, sister, I don't know what I'm doing. Let's do this together. Like this idea of like, let's help each other because, and let's cheer each other on even when it's imperfect actually really helps us understand and get love back in its rightful place and get a healthier view of what love even is. Now, I'm no, I'm no psychologist, but learning that definition from, I think it was like psychology.org or something, it was insane how like eye-opening that was for me. And so it really made me start shifting my perspective on, okay, how can I prioritize community, asking for help, and also giving myself permission to fail at certain things that truly aren't priorities, but that I'm trying to earn love from or, you know, earn recognition from, right? And really prioritizing relationship over recognition is huge. And I think we forget that we often strive for recognition at the cost and the expense of real true connection and relationship, which often comes from vulnerability and struggling and not being perfect and needing help and leaning in to help others. But when we're always living our life as a performance, we actually, like we, you just said, like it's equally as isolating as imposter syndrome. And so um, I think those things that, you know, that really holds us back from really focusing on the priorities that matter most, which is that those relationships in our life, the relationships that we're building in our businesses, in our families, in our homes, um, and our friendships. And so those are the things that are truly life-giving. And I think we get deceived a lot by performance and thinking that if I just perform perfectly, you know, that'll be life-giving. Then I'll be fulfilled. Then I'll be confident. But I found in my own life, usually relationship, even if messy, (laughs) is 10 times more fulfilling and brings me so much more confidence than, you know, perfect performance and recognition. So, you know, I even shared, like, you have to pick your top three priorities and allow yourself the permission to fail at the rest. And that doesn't mean like, don't try. But it's like, you've got to know what actually matters most in your life and your why behind things and what you're really doing things for, or it can get really warped really fast. So if your top priority is your marriage, your children, and your business or whatever, then all these other little things that you're trying to like keep up all the time, it's like, there's ways that you can help support those three things. Like we talked about keeping your house somewhat, you know, simplified and things like that are going to help you focus on those priorities. But when that priority of keeping your house simplified becomes an obsession and it begins to overtake those priorities, it me- it's messed up and it's out of order. And your perfectionism has now created a disconnect between, you know, be- between what you're really doing and why. So I think just going back to, you know, even looking at things like, am I listing my priorities? Cause it's really easy to list what we think our priorities are or am I living them? Because the reality is if you're truly living your priorities, then you shouldn't have to list them at all. I should be able to list them for you. If I know you and I'm looking at you and I, I should be able to say, these are clearly your top three priorities. So I often encourage women, like ask the people that are closest to you to list your priorities for you and see if it's what matches your list. And if it's not, you have work to do because it probably means you're putting way too much time, energy, focus, or even obsession on some things that really aren't true priorities in your life. Yeah. I love that. I love the, the idea of like giving yourself permission to, to let go or fail uh, at the things that just aren't like in that top three spot. I have a lot of moms who often will ask me, they'll, they'll say like their biggest struggle is they feel like they're cleaning up all day and mm-hmm. keeping that simplified home is going to help. 
but like if you have kids or if if you live your daily life like whatever it is you're just gonna have messes pop up so that's been something that I've been working on you know I am a stay-at-home mom so in some sense like my house is important to me it's important mm-hmm. to keep up with that it's like I have other things that I'm prioritizing over cleaning up all the time so my my um, advice to those that have asked me that lately have been just like let go of it a little bit, like pick it up at night, unless it's your priority to have your house, you know, looking perfect all the time, then if it is, then that's great. But Mm -hmm. if it's not, if it's not your top three, then then let let go a little bit. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so I have two questions that I ask every guest. So as we wrap up, um, I've loved this conversation. And it's been so encouraging. And I would love to know, what is something that you're simplifying right now? in your own Hmm. life? Such a good question. Um, I'm actually, this summer is so dedicated to simplifying my business. Um, I, like I mentioned in the beginning, I'm such a multi-passionate person that I've dabbled in so many things. I've written devotionals. I've run a retail store. I've started a podcast. I've written a book. There's 17 courses that are like kind of existing in the stratosphere right now. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) we need to pick a lane and run with it. So that's been a huge thing for me is as we've kind of taken, making this, you know, made the strides and taken the time to really try to simplify like our home life and our schedule. I've had to figure out how that translates also into business and passions because you can't do everything at once. And that's my big like thing. But then yet I look at my life and I'm like, Hmm, but I'm still kind of trying to do everything at once. And so (laughs) um, it's been a really convicting time. So my husband and I have really been dreaming and discerning together and really thinking through what the next best steps are and how everything can really become very cohesive and streamlined. And we really got a lot of clarity even on book tour, which is surprising, but I think sharing that experience together really helped us. And so the next several weeks and even couple of months are really dedicated to stripping things down, being okay with disappointing people and really getting to the heart of what we feel really, you know, made to do and at least in this season of our life and what we want to do together. So we're simplifying, we're streamlining, we're removing a lot of things to move into the next season, which is a little scary, but it feels so right and so good. I love that. That sounds like a really great thing to be simplifying, Um, especially I'm sure like after a busy season of launching a book. Yes. It's, it's almost like, oh, okay, we have a clear direction and how it can all support each other, but still be (laughs) simplified, which is what we need. Okay. So my last question is what is something you can't stop talking about right now? So something you're Uh, living. Oh my gosh, everything. (laughs) No, (laughs) Um, I feel like something I can't stop talking about is this book. And it's funny. I'm like, I don't want to annoy people, but here's the deal. I'm not going to stop talking about it because I believe in the power of it. And, you know, I, I I was talking to a friend yesterday. I'm like, you know, I'm not marketing this book and pushing it and, you know, talking about it because I want to make a bunch of money off of it. Like there are much faster, simpler ways to make money. I wrote this book because I truly believe it can change women's lives and it can take so much of the pressure we feel off while still helping us walk in our passions and in the things that we're really created for. And so, you know, for me, I was like, thinking about this book prior to launching it. And I realized nobody champions your own book like you do, but you really have to believe in it if you're going to champion it long after the initial excitement. And so for me, it's like, I am shameless about continuing to talk about it because I really, I I, I don't think I could ever not talk about it just because I really believe in the power of it. So 
I'll be talking about how to own your everyday for a while. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I mean, I've been talking about your book a lot too, (laughs) even on social media and to, to friends and everything. So it's, it's a good thing to be talking about. It's truly is such an encouraging message and such an important message that I feel like we're not getting as much from our culture. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just really thankful that you wrote about it. So before we close up, where can our listeners find you? Oh, man. Well, you can find me on Instagram, Jordan Lee Dooley. And I also have a website, jordanleedooley.com. And that's where pretty much everything else is linked. The podcast, it's called The She Podcast, and all the things that we are probably going to be simplifying anyways. But <laughs> that's where you can find me. That's awesome. I'll link all of that in the show notes. And of course, I will link the book in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on here and chatting with us today. Thank you so much for having me, girl. Don't you love Jordan's message? I really hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. And you've got to get her book. It's really good. It is just more on what we talked about and just how to own your everyday in general. And I think that you'll continue to love her message as you read. So the book's going to be linked in the show notes. I really just want to encourage you this week. What are your priorities? Like Jordan said, think of those top three things. What is important to you? What is most important to you? And allow yourself to let go a little bit of the other things. I talked about this in our interview, but when I think about the biggest thing, it's the biggest question I get asked, how do you keep your house clean? I feel like I'm picking up the toys all the time. I feel like I'm constantly cleaning my house. My question to you is why? Is that your main priority, to have a perfectly tidy and clean home at all times? If it is, then awesome, do it. But if it's not, if you've got other things that you have to do, if you've got other things that you care about more than having perfection in your home at all times, then focus on those things and let go of the idea of having a perfect home. Why are you constantly seeking perfectionism here? Is it worth the stress and time? Live with less, pick up as you go, reset a couple of times per day, but don't give in to whatever expectations or perfectionism that's making you feel like it has to be perfect. And I could repeat that for pretty much like anything you're seeking perfectionism with. Why? Why does it have to be perfect? What other things are more important to you that you could focus on and therefore let go of that perfectionism pool that you're feeling in whatever it is. My conversation with Jordan really made me reflect on that. Having less stuff, putting my priorities in the right place have both helped me stop reaching for perfectionism. It's not something that I'm totally done with, but it's something that you know I'm able to give myself that reminder to just stop each time it comes up. So if you're interested in minimalism, which is this thing that has really changed my life, and I believe it can change yours too, I have a guide to help you get started. It's called Making Room. It's kind of all about this philosophy behind the podcast in general, and it'll help you begin a minimalish life that really fits you. It talks about decluttering and getting rid of stuff and simplifying your home. That's the first big chunk of this free resource. And you'll get a practical guide that will help you start simplifying, you know, give you some ideas on where to start. It talks about some clutter zones in your home, some quick minimalist projects that you can start and get done within like 20 to 30 minutes. 
And it also is going to take you through minimalism for your schedule, minimalism for your brain, and also what it looks like to just slow down a little bit and slow down your life. So I think this resource will benefit you if you're really wanting to start a minimalist life and it's totally free. You can go to DesireeEndries.com slash make the room. And that is DesireeEndries.com slash make the room. All right, friends, I really am glad that you were here with me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And next week, I am going to be talking about my morning routine. This is a much requested episode. I get a lot of questions about how I started a morning routine, what my morning routine entails, and how I actually got myself to wake up in the mornings and really like be consistent with the morning routine. And let me just tell you right now, I am not a natural morning person. This was hard for me. So if that's you, you're going to gain from this conversation. So stop back next week, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss it. And until then, cheers to walking towards a more simple and minimalish life. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.